Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. Today's guest, Jeff Baker, a medical industry pioneer with over 26 years of experience in manufacturing patient examination chairs, um, has literally revolutionized the patient exam chair as we know it today. Jeff, who is founder of Medical Technology Industries, Inc., or um, more easily known as MTI, is our guest on our show today. So, Jeff, welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and um, joining you and your uh, uh, audience. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, before we get started um, talking about the patient chair and kind of how it's changed over the years and, and really where we stand today, um, I'd love to, and I know our listeners would love to learn more about you and your background and kind of how you, you founded um, MTI. Well, at the risk of uh, divulging my real age, um, I've actually, this is my 46th year in the patient uh, uh, seating business. Um, I was with um, uh, a, a um, dental and medical uh, corporation for that's similar to, to MTI for 26 years. I left them for a brief period of time, uh, about a year, and then I saw that there was a real need for um, uh, patient chairs uh, similar to what we'd been manufacturing in the past uh, that weren't being produced in with the current uh, cadre of chairs that were out there, and so I decided that uh, I would uh, talk to some of the Im- uh, the industry uh, leaders and and ask for their opinion, and they encouraged me to start a new company, and that's uh, that's how MTI came about. Wow, wow! And what year was that, Jeff? Uh, that was 1998, uh, uh, the end of 1998 and the beginning of 1999. Hmm. Yeah, well, so you've got some quite some experience since since then. Um, so tell me, what was the very first item that, that you manufactured on your own? And is it similar to the version? Is that still in production? Well, the very first uh, uh, item that we um, manufactured was a, a wound care and podiatry chair uh, that um, we felt that there was a, a real... Um, wanton uh, need for um, that kind of a chair in the market that was reliable and designed more for what those uh, specialists needed and um, and it wasn't just wasn't available so uh, we had had uh, some discussions with uh, some of the larger distributors and they encouraged us to um, to come out with a product and uh, said if we did the uh, and it uh, was true to form to what they thought we could do. Then they would uh, they would uh, buy it and distribute it for us, and that's how we got started uh, in the medical uh, chair manufacturing business. Today uh, we are one of if we're not the largest, we're one of the two largest uh, uh, podiatry and wound care chair manufacturers in the world, um, uh, and and we produce a, a third generation product from that original product. Mm. Mm. Well, that is amazing. Um, You know, and it's interesting, as you say, you know, you started, you kind of been with a company where you knew there was some dissatisfaction, if you will, and and the need to produce something 
that that was more more needed um, in the medical industry. And and now here you are, you know, sometime later, the second largest manufacturer in the world. I mean, that's quite an achievement. Yes, uh, uh, we think that it is, and and uh, uh, many of our customers, our longtime users of our product, uh, uh, see the the uh, the fruits of of their uh, confidence in us and in the products that have lasted uh, these many years. You know, you mentioned earlier about how once once you did kind of go out on your own, that you looked to other kind of experts within the industry and. Um, and I do understand that you have engineers on your design team who um, have come from, you know, other engineering disciplines such as the automotive, design, computers, um, even rocket science. Um, what has been the impact of these advanced skill sets, would you say, you know, on, on the actual chair and manufacturing itself? Well, they brought a diversity, obviously, to the the product line in in a in a, a vantage point that um if we only used people that were in this particular um business uh from the start uh, we we probably wouldn't have seen it for instance our some of our new product lines uh were the the um uh, design engineering was uh, all done by uh, uh someone that uh, was responsible for the Chevy Colorado um uh truck for GM that uh, when it won uh truck of the year and uh mm-hmm. so uh, we have as you mentioned that we do have um uh, engineering uh, people that have come from the aerospace uh field from uh medical device fields uh, uh O2 oxygen uh, sensing type of um, products uh and and engineers that uh or frankly, from uh, from areas that don't uh, relate to in medical products at all, such as uh, uh, fire doors and and that sort of thing, engineering of fire doors. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it is, and it is, I, I do find that kind of an interesting comment because, you know, I guess if you had, you know, continued to hire people from the medical industry, then you really would have continued to just have the same. You know, I mean, it, it's a little bit like lateral thinking in terms of this is what we do, this is how we service the patient, and and this is our our knowledge versus bringing in, like you said, the automotive industry or the aerospace industry who are doing things on a completely different level. And I think it brings a whole new thought process to to the design of the chair. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely, and not only the design, but also the the manufacturer. We do have manufacturing engineers that. Uh, have come from other disciplines also, so that there is a uh, a real, um, uh, uh, if you will, eclectic um, uh, uh, bunch of engineers here that uh, that um, have, uh, in their own way, provided uh, some real uh, positive influences to the design and the manufacture of our products. You know, um, and, I, and I do kind of understand that you, you um, at MTI, you use advanced design techniques such as 3D computer modeling and 3D printing. Can you tell me more about how this has helped develop the new designs? Well, one of the real advantages, and in fact, if you're if you're a manufacturer and you're not in employing um, 3D type uh, modeling and 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 printing. Um, you're at a real disadvantage because it gives you the ability to 
literally see inside of a product and see um, where you might uh, your your particular designs might have interferences, potential interferences with each other, and um, you know how things actually work in terms of movement and um, and then the 3D printing gives you the ability to rapidly prototype um, things, uh, uh, parts, and so forth. Uh, 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 we use uh, 3D printing for more, for smaller uh, type parts and things like that, where there are other uh, uh, manufacturing uh, types of, of uh, products that use a larger format uh, 3D printers, but they all serve the same purpose, and that is to to get you from a prototype to a, or, or at least from investigation to prototype to uh, uh, production much more rapidly than you might uh, if you used uh, traditional mm-hmm. modeling techniques. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Um, you know, uh, many of our listeners uh, today, Jeff, are from the aesthetic industry. And I know, you know, that we, you know, you have talked about the wound care and the podiatry industry, but I do understand, and I've actually had a guest on my show in the past, um, a plastic surgeon out of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, who we were interviewing him about his new practice and design to one of the things that was really consistently discussed in our radio interview was how he uses the MTI chair specifically, you know, in the plastic surgery practice. And so, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to, you know, chat a little bit more with you about um, kind of why this MTA patient chair is becoming the chair of choice in many aesthetic medical practices. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, actually, uh, our entrance into the plastic surgery and um, aesthetic field uh, was uh, really very shortly followed our um, initial uh, production models for uh, podiatry and wound care. That was one of the areas that we felt was uh, an area that we could really um, stand out and and, uh, make ourselves uh, a name in in terms of uh, the uh, aesthetic type chairs and so forth. And basically what we have done is we have um, designed products not only for for plastic uh, surgery, but in all of the areas, the disciplines that we're in, that uh, are really designed for that particular um, uh, type of operation that that the the doctor we're speaking to, uh, whether he be uh, an, ear, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, or uh, an aesthetic plastic surgeon, or a dermatologist, or whatever, um, we design a product that is specifically really for them. And um, some cases it, it might be a, a, the same product as, as uh, another specialty, but with additional or more um, advanced uh, types of accessories and so forth. So it really we've really made a, a name for ourselves in designing products for the particular specialist. And um, they find that um, they can do things with our product that they can't do with, with general type products. Uh, and um in fact uh the the tapered back uh that we uh, that we employ in our product is is uh, really pretty simple as far as we're concerned but but few manufacturers actually employ that kind of a back especially when they're trying to um 
solicit business from a, a number of different specialties. They will they'll try to give them a, a general type chair and have all of the uh, the uh, specialists use the same chair. Such as, I mean, you might have um, some manufacturers might uh, promote a, a single chair to an ophthalmologist, and uh, at the same time, the same chair to a uh, dermatologist or even a uh, foot surgeon. Um, and so um, it's it's difficult to to, to make uh, one chair that fits all uh, categories of service. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. And and, and you know, I do know that your company you know frequently attends you know the large aesthetic medical meetings. And you know I'd love to hear from you what the doctors and surgeons you know tell you about the MTI you know and and its products. Um, but when you mentioned that you know the tapered back, and then you mentioned kind of the ENT facial plastic or even, you know, aesthetic facial injectables, that makes sense to me that, that the tapered back probably helps the, the doctor get closer to the patient, if you will, and, and you know, to, to be able to administer those types of um, facial aesthetics. Is that, is that the case? Uh, yes. In fact, I have a favorite expression that in, when speaking to a physician that, that um, actually stand right next to the the table, um, where um, the of course there's not a patient on the table at the time. But um, I, I say to them, really, doctor, the only thing that holds you away from the patient is the patient's body and not the product. Um, uh, so many times there, the, you you talk with uh, with um, uh, experienced doctors that have been facial cosmetics, for instance, uh, for a long period of time, and undoubtedly they are almost universally, they will say to you that they uh, are looking for something because they're suffering from back pain because they're operating on very wide tables and uh, up to 28 or 30 inches wide, and they're having to pull the patient from side, one side of the pain uh, or lean over uh, of the table. Um, and... Um, and, and that's a, a real plus to them if they can get right next to the patient and still provide support to the patient. And, and you can do that with um, uh, easily with the, the back design that MTI employs. In addition to that, the headrest and the variety of headrests that we have um, lend itself to all kinds of, uh, whether it's uh, ophthalmic cataract surgery or uh, uh, blepharoplasty in, in uh, cosmetic surgery, uh, whatever it might be, uh, general dermatology, we have headrests that that um, uh, facilitate those kinds of procedures and exams. You know, that's it's kind of you just you brought up something that I had actually never considered before in terms of you know when I think of the patient examination chair, I think of the patient sitting in the chair and. And everything, you know, kind of ease for the patient, comfort for the patient, um, you know. And I and I do understand with with the MTI chair that there are certain attributes to it that make it easier for the doctor in terms of getting closer to the patient. You know, some of the um, maneuverability of the chair and the stability of the chair, which we can talk about in a moment. But it had never occurred to me that the kind of general health of the doctor could actually be compromised. Um, with other, you know, that daily, day in, day out task of, as you said, you know, the, the some of the older chairs or the, some of the other chairs out on the market, the doctor can't get as close to the patient or he has to keep moving the patient. So it's quite taxing on the doctor 
um, physically. Um, and your chair seems to um, alleviate that problem. Uh, it definitely does, uh, and and that doesn't. Uh, it's not relegated to to older chairs too. There are some uh, current chairs on the market, which um, uh, I'm not sure uh, how they are able to um, continue producing um, uh, uh, chairs or tables in the shape that they are producing them, but they uh, still are out there and and still demand the doctor uh, ending up. Um, uh, leaning over or or trying to pull the patient from side to side in order to get access. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and I'd never, you know, we did actually do one of one of our um, doctors who's been a frequent guest on the show was actually in, and you know, and he's been in practice for some time. He's in his just turned sixty, and he's had his kind of first issues of back pain, um, which is you know specifically as a result of years of leaning over a patient you know, on the examination table or in in the patient chair. And so um, I have to tell him about the MTI product, <laughs> something he, he should be looking at. Um, yeah, there are, well, there are definitely, me, you know, because uh, uh, excuse me, there, there are definitely uh, some specialties that uh, suffer more from um, the syndrome of, of back pain uh, with regard to uh, working on patients than others. Uh, for instance, oral surgery is one where that's a common um, uh, complaint. They have a difficulty getting close enough to the patient to, to perform the the pretty um, major physical tasks of of uh, if you will breaking somebody's jaw so you can you can reset it and and um, uh, those kinds of things that take a fair amount of both leverage and strength. Uh, and if you're doing that bent over all the time. That that's an issue. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, I think even in terms of you know things that you know you think kind of looks easier, uh, but it's like liposuction. You know, from from what I have heard from from plastic surgeons, is performing liposuction can be is very strenuous. Um, it is. You know, a tummy tuck. You know, another one where you're leaning over. You know, when the patient is across from you on the table, and again, those are kind of what I have heard of in terms of. You know, which do take a toll on the body, um, but I would imagine there's all kinds of other, you know, medical techniques and disciplines where um, it really can have an effect on the human body. Yeah, it, it's a universal problem. Uh, like I could say, you almost, yeah, uh, yeah. without exception, can talk to any physician and you, they'll, they'll tell you the same thing over a long period of yeah. time. Well, you know, let me let me ask you some questions because I know, you know, we've talked a little bit about the tapered back and how there's, you know, for facial aesthetic procedures, the the doctor can get closer to the patient or closer for injections, techniques, fillers, and Botox and that type of thing. Um, you know, but what would you say? Um, you, you know, I do understand as well. There is, and maybe you can even explain to our listeners how the chair works because I do understand there's a lot of um, ease of movement. Um, that the doctor doesn't always have to rely on other people in the in the exam room moving the chair. And, you know, there's a. I guess he can do it all manually himself. Um, can you explain a bit more just how the chair actually works and the benefits of it to the aesthetic provider? Uh, yes, uh, typically the chairs that are used in aesthetic plastic surgery are um, uh, and are four power function chairs. Uh, that is, they have power of foot, 
power tilt, power back, and power elevation up and down. Uh, and the combination of all those um, um, uh, power functions gets the uh, patient in a in a position that's both comfortable for th- for them, and also for the the physician or the the caregiver provider. Uh, uh, and uh, and it can be done both, as you said, manually in the sense of touching, let's say, the lift uh, button and raising the table and so forth and the back and and uh, uh, the other functions. But you can also do it with uh, uh, with pre-programmed positioning, and that's really the the preferred method of of bringing patients to at least an average position. So it's all done in a kind of a coordinated movement. So you're not laying down the back and putting stress on the lower lumbar by laying the back down, but not bringing the footrest up at the same time. Uh, and you can, with uh, with programmability, you can do all those things at one time, and the patient uh, patient doesn't have what we would call movement fright. They they don't tend to um, to, to get excited because. Uh, you know they're going to be put in a position that's not that's not comfortable. Mm. And so, what else do you feel sets um, MTI apart as a leader in this field? Well, I think uh, again, just the 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 comfort uh, that the patient gets from the chair. They don't feel like they're being swallowed up by the chair. It's not a huge chair. Uh, it's it is not um, uh, when they come into the. Uh, procedure room it doesn't uh, give them a uh, pause for fright because it's so me- so mechanical or or uh, large looking and, and the fact that it's when they get into the position that uh, uh, the, the entry position it takes them to whatever the operate position is in a very smooth um, uh, form and and um, and and again doesn't uh, cause concern for them because they're already a little bit concerned about what's going to go on anyway. And then uh, um, the control, all the various different um, uh, accessories that can be put on to the, um, both in the way of headrests, types of arms, um, uh, IV poles um, that uh, can be taken on and off and are typically not on the chair initially. uh, and um, uh, uh, stirrups, even in fact, if uh, for um, for work with uh, in, in a, a GYN type of uh, atmosphere. So, just a lot of different things uh, and that can be accessorized on the chair, also. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Especially you know, in even in the field of aesthetics, there's a lot with the uh, feminine rejuvenation. So. Yes, you know, there is. The a, there's a lot of uh, that going on. Yes. Crossing over mm-hmm. into plastic surgery. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Um, yes. Now tell me. I mean, I do. I do know that you've got some some exciting news to share with us too. In in the new patient exam chair, the 830 model, which is currently being launched in the market. Can you tell us more about that product? Well, the 830 is a is a product uh, is a unique product. There is no product like it uh, that I'm aware of in the entire world. In fact. Uh, it was the design of the 830 was driven by the um, uh, our uh, membership um, on the um, uh, Americans for Disability uh, Access Board uh, uh, advisory committee that that was uh, uh, 
a number of industry um, uh, participants from from government, from the medical uh, device industry, also uh, uh, stakeholders from disability groups and so forth that were trying to get together to um, develop products that would allow uh, people with mo- mobility disabilities to uh, have in- uh, independent access to medical diagnostic equipment, and um, and one of those primary things was uh, or criteria was the that the typical examination chair was somewhere between 24 and 25 inches high, and that was higher than uh, the typical uh, wheelchair. Uh, Type of, um, mm, yes. of product, whether it be a, a standard wheelchair or a scooter or whatever, and so we met together in Washington D.C. To, to come up with some um, some criteria that would uh, would define what what was uh, uh, accessible to a uh, to a disabled person uh, with uh, that was might be wheelchair bound, and uh, so this chair. Uh, in it, in all of its versions, it's a standard fixed base version, um, a mobile version, so that it could be rolled around. For instance, like uh, what they do in um, in inocular lens implants, you know, cataract surgeries, uh, as well as swivel base versions. And and they uh, often use swivel bases to turn a patient, turn the patient uh, sideways in a in a operating room to um, uh, take advantage of the of the shape of the room with regard to whatever procedure they're they're uh, uh, using on the patient or performing on the patient, and and the unique part about the MTI 830 is that all of those um, models of chairs are all ADA compliant. That is, they all go down to between 17 and 19 inches, which is the um, the uh, criteria that uh, the ADA Access Board finally decided on in, in January of uh, 2017 to promulgate. It also has um, uh, uh, other uh, things that uh, features that uh, are unique uh, in the uh, in the area of uh, chairs and tables. That is, it has what they call transfer supports that are ambidextrous that allow uh, a disabled person to enter the chair from either the right or the left-hand side and use this transfer support to be able to steady themselves and bring them, themselves onto the seat. Again, this is all so that they can do it independently. Um, uh, it has a whole host of, of features with regard to um, how the chair operates, uh, really too many to go into now, but uh, it has a, a, a collection of um, both safety and high-tech, um, uh, uh, trying to think of the word I'm looking for, but uh, high-tech uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, apparatuses to uh, to uh, position that patient in, in the most rapid and comfortable manner. Uh, and because it does go so low, uh, it it has to it has an extension on the footrest that's all automatic that uh, accommodates for taller patients uh, when you get into the upright and and supine positions. 
So there's, you know, that is actually brilliant, Jeff. Uh, you know, because we have about two minutes left on the show, and um, I, I do want to ask one quick question, um, because in listening to you about about the MTI 830 and being ADA compliant, and you know, I think one of these areas in aesthetics, I would imagine, and you can explain more, is it must really help um, aesthetic surgeons who do bariatric procedures. Um, you know, because those patients, you know, you know, some of those come in, you know, extremely kind of, you know, heavy overweight people, maybe some in wheelchairs that, you know, do need, you know, I think it would make them feel like they're more engaged in their own procedure if, if they can maneuver themselves into the chair and the chair can accommodate them. Um, if you if you can just for a few, you know, another minute here, um, perhaps how it does help um the aesthetic surgeons, including the bariatric. Well, definitely, the um, uh, there are bariatric models uh, that uh, are not yet available on this chair, but will be shortly. Uh, that extend okay. the um, the the size of the of the seating surface from uh, 25 inches to up to 32 inches, and uh, the lifting capacity from 725 pounds to over 900 pounds. Um, however, uh, again, all these uh, new products um, in the larger bariatric versions of them will be ADA compliant also. And uh, they just allow the, the patient uh, much more dignity in, in positioning themselves, uh, and they relieve a lot of the um, potential uh, uh, for uh, physical damage or physical injury to the caregivers because they're no longer needing to actually lift the, the patients onto the tables anymore. Hmm. No, I think that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, Jeff, you know, um, we, we're just about to wrap up this this um, interview. Um, I think it's fascinating. We could do a whole whole series on the 830 chair itself because it just sounds like such an amazing piece of technology to have in any any practice. Um, but for our listeners, if any of our listeners wanted to get in contact with you or to get more information on, on getting the MTI chair into their practice, what is the best way for them to contact you? Well, um, they can email us at sales at mti.net or they can call us on a toll-free number, 800-924-4655. International calls can be taken on 801-875-4999, and all those will lead you to MTI sales. Great, great. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure. I'm completely fascinated, and I think I might have to take a trip to Salt Lake City, Utah, to sit in there. in the uh, chair of the doctor that I interviewed previously and just give it a try myself. Thank you for being on Aesthetic Insider Radio. Well, thank you, Angela. Okay, well, thank you, Jeff. Have a great day. All right, goodbye.